Hi, you're listening to Andrew Farris on NXS Access All Areas with Hayden and B. Check it out. In Excess Access All Areas, the podcast that is helping to get In Excess into the Rock Hall of Fame. But we need your help. We need you to share and send the love out. We need to create momentum and make some noise together and get In Excess nominated into the Rock Hall of Fame where they deserve to be. We have a fabulous patron program with lots of rewards, starting from as little as $5 all the way up to $30. Starting with the bronze, you will get mention each week elevating to a silver you will be able to enter the competition gold will give you further invites into our zoom chats which are awesome or you could become one of our amazing platinum members and get early uploads and a lot more and if you can email in excess aaagmail.com your address we will send you out a welcome pack thank you enjoy Hello, welcome in Access, Access All Areas, where we are the deep dive into all things great about this band, to get them into the Rock Hall of Fame, and also, I guess, be diverge into other projects like we're going to do today, such as Max Q. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm a bit hot. I can't, <laughs> I can't even put my fan on because it's always wearing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, so we're very excited about today. It's probably our, our first time we've sort of gone off on a slight little uh, band tangent. Uh, we're sitting around 1989, I think, in our uh, narrative. Uh, but before we go into a bit of that, I'd probably always have to ask, how's your in excess week been? Because for mine, I've been in the bunker this week, as I think <laughs> I said pre-episode. But uh, tell us about your week and what's going on. I want to give a big shout out to a little puppy, actually, called Lulu. Yep. So Lulu is um, a a rescue dog at Foxy's um, Rescue Centre. She did um, a little video that went live in an excess coat. And she's gone a little bit um, viral and uh, gone out there (laughs) into the Instagram world. So hello to Lulu. Um, and then I got a lovely little message again from our Uber fan, um, Carmen. And yep. she's been in touch with Triple J because Triple J put out it out there. What have you been doing this year during COVID? And she says, I've been making cushions. Well, yes, I, I must interject. I uh, Last Saturday, uh, after I think we recorded, I opened up my door at home and I found this package. I was like, what's this? And uh, I knew you'd got a cushion from Carmen, but she'd actually made one for me as well. Aww. So uh, I think if we posted that out, I, I, I haven't looked much at social media this week. Has that been posted out for people to see? I think Carmen did, didn't she? Carmen did. She posted it into the um, the patrons. I'm not sure if it went on to our yeah, page. I'll make sure. The NXS link for this is that there were a certain songs, What You Need, Original Sin, I think Just a Man, My Name on My Cushion, Your Name on Your Cushion. Uh, I think I said to you, I love cushions. I love sitting on my chair and having my computer there on top of a cushion. I'm a little old man now, okay, having turned uh, that next decade recently. So uh, big shout-out there. Um, also from one of the patrons, a big shout-out to uh, to Pedro. Um, 
in last week's episode, I, I guess it was uh, it was a real deep dive, I guess, into all things America. And, um, you know, we did go uh, a little bit longer than uh, some people like, but uh, the <laughs> positives, I guess, was some of the feedback. Hang on, we or you? Well, me. In yes, fact, me. I actually have to thank you for allowing <laughs> me to... Every six to ten weeks, I probably put a very nerdy episode on where I'm probably flying my NXS hat and my anger against the world that, you know, they didn't get the second album lift. So thank you for giving me the forum to vent. Sorry, no, Carmen, it went too long for you. You can press pause. <laughs> you can put it on the next time. You're allowed to do a couple episode sort of, you know, listener. But well, so many people really liked it, didn't they? Well, and, I, I, and, and agreed with you. Well, look, it did spark a little bit of uh, feedback from a lot of the American uh, loyalist fans, and I think they sort of agreed that they were disappointed that you know the old Welcome didn't have that lift there, and you know the band probably fizzled over there towards the uh, sort of the mid nineties there. And um, look, you know, we put on the record. You know, part of this podcast is to put facts and figures and realities on the record, good, bad, and ugly. And we always want to be honest about it. Um, and again, there's that differential sort of, I guess, sort of line between artistic accomplishment and commercial success. You know, an artist like the Velvet Underground barely sold a record, but, you know, everyone who listened to them sort of started a band. So, you know, selling lots of records is one metric, but, you know, artistic credibility probably, you know, long term is a better measurement. Um, the Beach Boys Pet Sounds didn't sell a lot when it came out, but it's now regarded top 10 albums of all time. And I think Welcome, you know, has aged very well. Um, and even Full Moon has aged well and, and Elegant Waste has aged uh, well also. So, uh, look, thanks, you know, for the listeners out there and some of the feedback. I, I also got a good um, uh, message from a guy called Grant who's been listening to us and sent some lovely words in. A couple of tips for me, which I'll take on board, uh, uh, Grant, uh, I guess, or I suspect might be a better word, but, you know, at the same time, you know, we love, you know, some of the feedback and just the participation because more we talk about this great band, the more people, um, you know, start listening and, and taking a sort of a, a more um, focused consideration about their success. And what about the email that we got, mate? Are we going to mention that? Are we going to tell people oh, okay. about the yes. email? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let me take I a deep breath. I can't believe you are not going to mention Oh, okay. It. Let me take a deep breath for one moment. Yeah. Yeah. The email that tilted us both over the edge. You mentioned the email. Who was it? Mark Opitz. <gasps> Say it louder. <laughs> Mark Opitz. So Mark uh, emailed us very kindly said his his exercise uh, regime has been very much enhanced by our podcast Mark, for those who are slightly unaware of his contribution uh he who produced shabu shabar he uh, produced welcome to wherever you are and full moon dirty hearts and uh live baby live uh the live album in wembley and everything from there so his uh, contribution to in excess is, is equal, if not more significant than Chris Thomas's. Um, I then, you know, replied on behalf of being myself, I would love you on the show and here's my number or here's my email back if you want to get in touch. I take a lot of phone calls per day with work and about seven o'clock at night, still at work, I got this phone call and I thought it was a customer. I'm like, hello. <laughs> uh, hello. Uh, look, uh, sorry if I got you about time. This is Mark Opitz. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, hello, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone from sort of angry customer service hotline to suddenly sycophantic, I'm not worthy podcaster chatting to the George Martin of Australia. If you thought Nick Egan could talk, I think Mark might even be able to trump him because Mark is a, a gentleman and we spoke for an hour and a half and I felt like pressing tape and record. 
So I got all my fanboyisms out, Bee, but uh, Mark has so. agreed to come onto the podcast. Yay! Uh, so we're going to work out a, a convenient time. It might be uh, just after Christmas because he's in Melbourne at that time. Uh, maybe before Christmas, we'll see. But um, look, we've, we, we can't be more uh, pumped than having him listen, respect what we're doing, respect what all the listeners are doing with participation. Um, but, you know, the... The info that and, and, and stuff that I know he's going to bring to the podcast is going to be fantastic. That's yeah. such a great endorsement that somebody's loving our podcast like that. Yeah. That was just really good. Really, yeah. really good. It re- really made our day, didn't it? 100%. So um, anything else in the NXS world for you this week, Boo? Yes. I've got a LinkedIn page, but I've upped my game on my LinkedIn page. And then this guy appeared from nowhere called Gar- Gary Lilly. Yep. And um, do you know him? No. No, I didn't either. And then, um, so I was a little bit dubious because he was asking me all these questions and stuff and he was asking for my phone number, actually. Okay. (laughs) And then I I thought, hang on a minute, I need to know who who this guy is. So I sort of um, spoke to Tim and said, do you know this guy? Yes, I do. He, He absolutely adores the band. Now, if you go back to watching Paula and uh, Michael on um, the tube, do you remember the tube? Yep. yep. Yeah. And you remember there's two guys next to Michael. There's one with double denim <laughs> and nah. another one. You, well, go back, go watch it. That is Gary Lilly. But, but who is he and what is he? He's a friend of the band. He met them. He's from, oh, he's, he's a northerner. But I'm going to say hi because I know he's listening and he's got some great stories to tell us and share with us later on as we go through. Okay. And photos, new photos. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I hope he didn't have the camera out that day when he was in the Tube uh, studios. It's going to be a slightly different episode today. We're not going to go to News of the Week because we're going to do something quite unique this week, and uh, that is we're going to be getting into the Max Q discography uh, album play uh, because we think this is a a unique uh, experience for the listeners. So we're going to probably just throw to Topic of the Week and dive deep. So, B. Hey, this is Tim Farris, and you're listening to Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now for Topic of the Week. All right, B, we've got a chunky episode this week, slightly different. We're going to be delving into, I, I think, what we believe is going to be part one of a Max Q retrospective. Yes. Uh, and we just thought that given this album has, I guess, been, been deleted from sort of the public's ability to buy it, um, we wanted to, I guess, play it in uh, full uh, swagger uh, for people who've never heard it, people who have heard it a long time ago, or people who simply just love it and want to sort of celebrate it and things like that. So I guess today's episode uh, is going to give a bit of a backdrop about sort of the album, but really get into playing it. And then we're going to do a little bit of a sort of a song by song review, give our take on it, give an album review on it. Um, and, and hopefully as listeners just embrace in the, in the uh, innovative sounds of what this album was. Um, I guess as a backdrop, though, for people who, who maybe are relatively learning the NXS journey, um, you know, it was 1989, and effectively, just to put some context around this period, uh, the band effectively, after about sort of, you know, 10, 11, 12 years of touring quite heavily, international success, uh, decided to uh, have a year off. 
Um, Mr. Murphy probably wasn't as happy with that. He wanted to consolidate, I guess, the the success. But uh, uh, the band just were, were, were you know, burnt out is one thing, but they were just tired. They just needed to have a, a refresher. They'd sort of done an 18-month tour with Kick. They'd done, you know, the, record, <clears throat> the recording pre-Kick. You know, the all the promo work that goes into it, the touring uh, in, in, you know, something like 20 or 30 countries on the album. And uh, the songs were still charting. The album was still sort of doing great. But they just needed a year off. Um, and the band all went off into different things. And we'll talk about some of those other endeavours with the other members at different times. And some uh, who have listened to our uh, band member Deep Dives already know some of those projects that people went on to, like Andrew with uh, Jenny Morris and Gary with Abs Absent Friends, etc. Michael, I guess, uh, wanted to get to Melbourne. He wanted to get out and sort of do his own thing musically. And he uh, had met a guy called Ollie Olsen, who he had worked with uh, on the Dogs in Space soundtrack uh, with Richard. Uh, he had recorded some music and some work with that soundtrack along with Ollie. Uh, and Ollie was, you know, a, a legend in the underground sort of dance scene in Melbourne. Um, as such, Michael, I think, had always had an affinity with the Melbourne scene. Uh, he was good friends with Nick Cave. Uh, he was good friends with, I think, Greg Pirano from uh, Hunters and Collectors. Um, and, you know, he wanted to get to Melbourne and immerse himself in a, in a project. Uh, so Max Q, I guess, ultimately became sort of the name. Uh, and it was a pseudo, pseudo sort of studio band that sort of came together with, uh, uh, you know, Ollie, Michael, uh, some backup singers that were there. Uh, Michael Sheridan, I believe, Bill McDonald, who was a famous bass player here in Melbourne, uh, who'd been in many bands like Frente, uh, Gus Till, John Murphy, and there was a bunch of guys who, who got together uh, and put this sort of album together. Um, I think, you know, for the sounds and the sonics that came out from this, it, it's an album that was uh, uh, absolutely revered in Australia at the time. The reviews were sensational. Uh, the response from the public here was great. Um, uh, Michael and the band essentially won a lot of the Rolling Stone Awards and, and got a lot of recognition at the Arias and things like that, you know, for this al album. But we just wanted to sort of lay the scene. You know, Michael sort of cut the hair off, I think, uh, B, much to your disappointment. Is that right? No, I thought it was quite sexy, actually. <laughs> well, you know, he cut the hair off and it was like a brand new thing. And, um, and obviously, you know, the result in the album was... Uh, 11 tracks of some sounds and some sonics that we'd never really heard, you know, uh, before. Um, so, as I said, we're going to probably over the sort of the, the two episodes dig deep on this particular album, but today is very much like we want to play the songs. We want to celebrate the music. We think Michael would love the fact that this, this particular album is getting some international airplay mm -hmm. uh, on, uh, you know, Sunday, I guess, uh, December 6th. Uh, to the greater worldwide public. Uh, and if there are forums where you can, down, can download this or tracks and things like that, we are uh, excited if that's available, you know, out there. Again, that type of stuff is not my, my strong suit, B, but uh, I know it's sort of been hard to find in a record store. It's pretty much something you can only really buy, I think, through eBay or through secondhand sort of places these days. Yeah, you're talking hundreds of dollars for this yeah, album. Yeah, so, mm. so uh, I know on a sort of personal and self-indulgence, I got this for my 19th birthday on uh, vinyl from oh. my sister. Oh. Uh, I then bought a tape uh, uh, when I was 21. I was up in Cairns uh, backpacking around and I was uh, playing on tape. And when I could afford enough money to buy a CD about three, four years later when I was working, I bought it on CD. And it's been oh. sort of a, a treasure trove for me as an album. So... 
Um, before we go on to a B, give us your sort of anecdote about this album for you. When did you first sort of understand it or get into it? Uh, very recently, actually, only in the last five years did I actually get to he hear it. And I haven't yeah. heard it all, all the way through because it was yeah. just so hard for me to get. And I, I don't actually own it, to tell you the truth. I only listen to it on uh, YouTube. Um, but, um, yeah, the, um, the the cassette you can actually purchase for about $20 at the moment on yeah. um, eBay, I noticed. Can you, but, can you describe to our younger audience what a cassette is? <laughs> a tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a piece of tape that you stop and start. Do you remember? Press hear, record. I, I can hear our young, <laughs> a younger listener saying, "So what? I've got to carry music with me. <laughs> I've got to push. I've got to. I've got to lift it out of a container." <laughs> what do you mean? It's got two sides to it. Oh God! It used to be mental. Do you remember when they used to all chew up as well? Like Correct. all you, all Correct. your songs. Oh my Correct. God! Yeah. That. All right, hey, so without further ado and further waffle, uh, Michael Hutchins and the greater uh, uh, majority of the MaxQ uh, clan, this is for you. This is yes. our international relaunch of MaxQ, album track uh, by album track. Uh, starting it off, B, what's the first song the listeners are going to hear today? Sometimes. Take it away.
Oh, we both excited about yeah. this one. Go for it. You get. You go first. <laughs> I thought you were going to let me go. Go. Yeah. All right. Then. All right. It's <laughs> it's a really good start, isn't it? It's a yeah. really impacting song. It's a real bang. Here we go. And yeah. like him being so angry and the throngs going. It's a, and it's really catchy and it's just a really really good song. His his vocals just take you on that journey throughout it because you he goes the quiet and then he gets the angry. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Now this song to me has aged really well. And one of the things mm. we do with our album reviews is let's take us back to the time it was recorded. How does it sound for that era and how does it sound today? Um, this song, you know, really reeks of that sort of 1989 dance underground scene with the rhythms. Uh, I love the film clip. I think um, it was a Richard Lowenstein film clip. And you can sort of see with the Suicide Blonde film clip, like the camera zooming in and stuff like that, there's some parallels there. Michael with the shirt, you know, there. Uh, the short hair singing away, but it's a great dance song. It's got some rock elements and things like that. It's a real fusion mm. song. Um, uh, I think it hit in Australia, for those who want to know, 31 on our ARIA charts, uh, which was pretty serviceable. It was the second single here. I think it hit 37 in New Zealand, 53 in the UK. Um, I don't know about in the US. I don't think it charted there, but uh, uh, it's a song that still gets airplay these days on mainstream radio in Australia. So yeah. um, an absolute toe tapper. Uh, yeah. If I could give it a rating out of five, it's a 5.5 for me out of five. <laughs> uh, uh, can you see my notes? I've actually, everything's going by heart, so this one yeah. gets two hearts. Yeah. But, you know, it's an opening track on an album. Talk about, you know, sucking you in to the, oh, you know, the music, definitely. you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like the void has been fulfilled. Correct. All right. Okay, number two, B. Okay, let's take it away. What's number two? Way of the world. You are born into this world, looking down the barrel of a gun, and those who hold a gun want you to work fast and
Political, topical, relevant song of its time. Uh, I think that uh, same year, Prince's Sign of the Times came out and it, sort of similar film clip, sort of type of lyrical content. Um, uh, this song, again, still played in Australia. Uh, this was the lead single off the album, uh, hit number eight in the charts, uh, hit number five in New Zealand, 87 in the UK. Uh, and the dance charts in America was 44 and in the rock charts it was number six. So there was some early traction for Michael over in the US with that. Uh, and I think that was, you know, significant as well. Um, but great rock song, topical, you know, relevant, social issues, uh, great vocal beat. Uh, what's your take on this one? Yeah, the lyric, um, God or the bomb, it's just the same. I yeah. mean, yeah, it, that's just my thoughts too. And yeah. the fact that it's like before we've just hit COVID, like it was all about terrorism. So... Yeah. It was very apt to, but that aside, it's, I don't actually like this song. Oh. Oh, I know. Gee, well, I'm going to have to put you in the naughty corner for that. I know, I know. Everyone's going to hate me, but I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just, uh, you just, you how just can you I don't say like it? I'm going to have, no, no, I do. I, no, I love the lyrics and I love, I love the politicalness of it and the, the delivery but I just can't get my head around that he's just trying to take off Nick Cave and he's with his vocals. Yeah, Nick Cave, he's got that deep voice in it and I just don't like it. I don't like the deep voice. Why are you looking at me like that for? You've got, to, you've got to understand what this album is. This is a guy, you know, trying to broaden oh, his, his horizons. I, no, I do and get that. This is I not kick part that. two. I know, but all the other songs I like, but he's just, I don't know, it just, I can't help it. I just think he's just trying too hard with the vocals. For nah, well, what I, what I like about the vocals, to be honest, is, is the urgency, like whether it's God or the bomb. Um, when he says that, I think the line, just get burned, like to me, yeah. 
it's such a such a passionate guttural vocal. Um, that's what I love the most about it. But we are allowed to disagree, even if you know at the end of the day I, you're I wrong. Know, I know everyone's going <laughs> to hate me. Carmen's going to punch me. Yeah. Pedro's going to kick me. I don't know, but I just can't help it. Every time I've heard it, I just go. It just turns me off. I'm sorry. Look, your opinion's fine, but it is wrong. But anyway, we'll move all right, on. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> we'll move on to the next one. What's I think that? There's better ones. Um, What's the next one? <laughs> I might just edit it all out. Uh, <laughs> what song three? <laughs> all right then, Ghost of the Year. Okay, take it away, Michael and band. I'm 
a band called The Wonder Stuff. Vic Reeves and The Wonder Stuff, Dizzy? Well, I mean, yeah, Vic Reeves <laughs> was with Dizzy. That's all I know about The Wonder Stuff, the Vic Reeves. Okay, uh, well, you should go listen to one of their albums because this is very Wonder Stuff to me, this song. It right. just, there's something there that just reminds me of them, which is a British um, band. But I love the guitars in this, the acoustic guitar mm. it's just beautiful and i feel like it's um it's like a slap isn't it it's like a real good song i just love it very great lyrics actually i like it a lot yeah. i would call this song solid okay solid. yeah so solid is to me is not spectacular and it's not a dud okay uh so when i think about this song and you know i was playing it this week in the car and things like that as well I like the acoustics as well. It sort of mm. underpins the sort of the dancey sort of sort of uh, scatty sort of rhythms to it. Um, uh, I think the I think the I think the verses I like better than the chorus. I think the chorus repeats itself a little bit too much, um, but by no means it's it's a, by no means it's not it's a dud. It's it's a solid sort of album track. Uh, would never be something that would have been considered for a single though. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of people out there that do like this song a lot that have mentioned it um, on the run-up to this podcast yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, are you yeah. ready for the next one? Yeah, what is it? Everything. Okay. <laughs>
Everything, not to be confused later on with In Excess's version of a song called Everything as well, um, uh, or Everything Off Elegantly Wasted. Uh, uh, this particular song I like. Uh, I feel like it a little bit more than Ghost of the Year. Uh, I like the sonics on it, and I, I love the um, sort of uh, vocoderish type vocal towards the end, the sort of industrial, you know, mm-hmm. vocoder type vocal Michael sort of growls towards the end of the song. I really like that sort of lift in the, you know, the, uh, the, vocal tendencies on that uh the chorus is a little bit repetitive um uh, i like the backup vocals of a couple of the singers there uh female singer particularly who gives it a bit of a layer of a texture um but again you know solid track uh not spectacular but but very solid my take yeah i find it a very strong and dramatic as well isn't it the way that it actually comes through oh sorry microphone um yeah i do like this a lot again uh, i think it's peggy isn't it that there was a backing vocalist i think she's still singing i believe yeah um yeah i I, I love it i i actually like the chorus i know it says everything everything but it's it's really impacting i really like it a lot okay the next one Concrete.
This one gets three hearts for me. This is like beautiful. I'm I'm there. I am in that piano bar. The pian the pianist is there tinkering away, mm. and the beautiful guitar. And Michael's there in his little table with 
playing with his glass and it's smoky and oh I just love yeah. it I really love it and I do want to save him he's asking asking to be saved and then the, with the words fashion fact that your fascination won't change my mind yes now, now to me I think he's lying <laughs> I think he's like he is fascinated but he's saying he won't be but he is so I just find this a really sexy ballad well, I, I like the fact, B, that you're reading into lyrics and interpreting them. You are, you, you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, look, I agree. I think this, this takes it up a notch from the last two tracks. Um, I like the key. I think uh, piano keyboard sort of flourishes in it. I think are really nice. Um, it's not um, a typical sort of in excess structured song. It's sort of... Uh, it's a bit like Possibilities off Michael's solo album. It just mm. evolves a little bit and it's got a really good soaring vocal. Yeah. Um, it's not so much structured and linear in, a, in its song craft or format, um, but it is sort of something that has sort of a dramatic element to it with the, the keyboards and the vocals, sort of that sort of plaintive type vocal. You know, I won't change my mind. You know, like it's... It's, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it's it's not three minute cookie cutter. It goes that no. sort of five six minutes, I think. You know, uh, it's it is like there's yeah. another song coming up that is equally as beautiful to well, me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's two. This and one you can is imagine the, the song Concrete sort of being uh, in a movie soundtrack yeah. or something like that, couldn't you? You know? Yeah, it's beautiful. Love it. Love it. Right. Love it. Love it. What's see, next? That's where, see, that's that to me is perfection. Okay. Where the world isn't. Ringing endorsement. Okay, what's uh, next on this, please? <laughs> zero to zero. Zero. Uh, I like this song. This, um, I think, for again our younger listeners, this is sort of what you would almost call an interlude song. Uh, you got the five tracks on side one with this, I think, the sixth song, but it's almost like uh, it sets you up for side two. It's not so much a, a traditional song format. It's a couple of minutes. Um, it's Mike almost on the answering machine. I, I, I listened to the other day. I was thinking it was he was ringing Nick Egan. <laughs> That's one of those answering machine uh, type noises. Um, 
Uh, it has that sort of uh, yowl and, and scowl in it, and then it, mm. the guitars rip in. Um, and it's a real sort of mashup of, 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 of all different styles and sounds um, that then leads into the next song. So it's not a long one, but I remember thinking, yeah, this one's, uh, this one's got a real sort of uh, anthemy mashup coolness to it. I think it's cool. It's very cool. It's a yeah. cool instrumental, but it's got a little bit of... Yeah, it's got this sort of vocally, sort of answering machine-y, slashy, electronic yeah. guitar thing going. And Well, it sort of leads us in, it leads me into a few things. One, um, Nick Egan has done us a little piece for next week about this song. Yeah. So he's got a little bit of back knowledge on that. It's really, right. really fun. Um, right. And, and um, I love the... When yeah, it says yeah, that bit, it's yeah. great, isn't it? The drum machine, though. How yeah. cool is the drum machine in yeah. this? Yeah. Um, this okay, is, this I haven't like finished, Hayden. Okay, sorry, sorry. Whoops. And the anticipation of something else that's coming, that's what's giving you like an intensity. But then you've got this other song sliding in, haven't you, from the background. Yeah. And, and because I've got this running all the way through for some special people, because it's not a B-side and A-side, yeah. it really goes well into the next song. Yeah. Well, I like Feisty B then. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, because uh, I do need to put it in my place because I talk too much. So B, I, uh, uh, I, like, I like that feistiness today. That's good. All right. Um, Expect some more. Okay. No, it's, a, it's a one-off. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, look, this, this particular song really is sort of that amalgam of all different styles. It's a real fusion of everything together. And it's just, you can just think that, you know, I could I could imagine Michael in the control booth going, you know, experimentation city here, twisting knobs with Ollie, um, metaphorically speaking, okay, uh, and, uh, you know, working together and going, man, we could, we, we've got no limits on this. This is us, you know, with total creative control um, and no, no sort of... Uh, third you know voices and other band members telling what to do it's it's really that vision of michael and ollie together freedom un- uncapped and unlimited isn't didn't he say something about liberation i can imagine he felt quite liberated yeah i think the mystified song. documentary was a mm. feel like being a rock and roll star you know it's like yeah you know absolutely yeah um, okay but then like i say it slides right into soul engine well, I guess with that song, B, we're tipping, we're turning over the cassette now, uh, aren't we, uh, for the younger listeners, or that we're turning over the vinyl for uh, yeah. side two. So uh, away we go.
with the uh, filling guitarist for Guns N' Roses since Slash left <laughs> the band. Uh, Buckethead, uh, this to me is probably one of two songs on here that uh, sounds closest to an In Excess song, uh, in my opinion. It's uh, uh, It's got that sort of uh, funk, soul, dance sort of rhythm going um, with a great vocal and, again, some great backup vocals there. Um, I, love the, I love the song structure. You know, it's got a sort of an In Excess type song structure to a point. Um, you know, a verse, a chorus, verse, chorus type thing. Uh, Michael's vocal is just stand out here. It's it's um, sometimes when albums hit songs sort of eight or nine, they start to taper. But I remember going, wow, this is a strong track. You know, this could have even been sort of on the front side uh, of the album. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a yes from me on this one, B. Now, you've paused. Okay. All right. Hit All right. Between the eyes, tell me what you think. Well, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I, I think it's slightly dated myself. Yeah. Okay. And and it's not one of my favourites. Let's let's leave it at that. Okay. Well, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. I won't. I won't. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Next all right. one. Monday Night by Satellite. <laughs> Yeah. 
satellite uh probably the most psychedelic dreamy uh trancy type song on the album uh i know a bit of a, a favorite i think of nick egan really love this song um uh it was the third single uh, in australia and i remember hearing the time going oh this is a bit of a sort of a slower weird song but it's a song that's probably aged well and grown on me over time uh i think from a uh, chart perspective uh, this one didn't sort of trouble sort of the scorers, <laughs> as they say, too much. Uh, I think it hit in the hundreds in Australia uh, in terms of its uh, particular sort of uh, uh, standing um, on the charts uh, and was the third sort of single here. Great film clip, though. It was very sort of psychedelic and colourful and all those particular adjectives uh, there. Uh, how do you feel about it, B? Love it. Yep. Love it. Um, so, me... Getting into my beerisms now. Um, I actually think it just it reminds me of cyber dating. I think it's quite romantic. I just rem- <laughs> imagine love gliding through the skies and all these yeah. lovely little hearts going everywhere. And you know, it's like a, a romantic lover that you'll never meet. Yeah. Um, and then when he does his French accent, oh my god, I'm a sucker <laughs> for French accents. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it hit 107 in Australia. Um, and look, yeah. by the time around that was coming around, it was in the 1990, maybe uh, halfway through the year. So it probably, as I said, uh, was one of those examples where the third, you know, single or fourth single on an album can sort of fade out in, in its uh, appeal. But it's still a song that stands up, I think, musically now. And again, I think back to that era, bands like the Stone Roses, you know, a lot of the Hacienda type bands, um, uh, in that particular sort of era. Um, it has some sort of uh, inkling towards that sort of stuff as well. An interesting sort of song at number nine. What are we up for next, B? Hold tight. Nothing's missing. Look around. Pupils glisten. Can you listen? Or is it that you like too much? What's your limit?
love how this crashes in with the girls' voices. Yeah. It really matches well with Michael. I love it. And again, it's a really nice, sexy song. His voice is really energetic. And uh, yeah, I just like the thrust all the way through this song. It's great. The thrust all the way through this. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling it all out tonight, oh, aren't I? I need a drink. It's not in Coffs Harbour tonight. Okay. <laughs> you know, references to naked and then thrust and stuff like that. Fantastic. Mm, okay. Great. Well, the second song on the album that would actually precursor a, a, a song title of the same name, uh, obviously In Excess had a song called Tight that was sort of posthumously released, I think, on one of the 1979 to 1997, the year, good years, or the years uh, Greatest Hits album. Uh, this version of Tight does sound to me like a bit of a traditional In Excess song in terms of the the big intro in and Michael's vocal and, and the soaring sort of lyric there. Uh, to me, it's a really strong rock track. It's probably the most straightforward track on the album. I don't think it's got the sort of the sonic flourishes and, and textures of other songs, but it, uh, it to me, it's a really strong, enjoyable song. Uh, again, I agree that the female vocals add to it. It's very straightforward, the guitars, the, you know, the verse uh, chorus structure. Um, but yeah, talking song ten on an album. Gee, I mean, the depth of this album's already shining through. With if this is number ten on the album. Okay, Hayden, can you please um, help me out? <laughs> song eleven. <laughs> song uh, eleven. What is it? What I, do we call? It? What do we say? How do we say it? Thirty-one years later, I still, uh, I guess, well, try and digest uh, what the actual sort of uh, term of this is and whatever. So it is called Ot Ven Rot. Uh, and it is the last song on the album, song 11. So we'll throw to that B. In the world below, junk and survey. Leftovers, the junk behind by all 
Oh, I'm very ready. For I think uh, <laughs> I this is going to make me blush. <laughs> I I um I would love to talk to Ollie about this song. Really, really want to talk to Ollie about this song. I just it's one of these the songs that I it just stops me. It really stops me, yeah. and I want to keep playing it. I, yeah. This 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 song is so mature. It's just beautiful and the cha-cha-cha I love the cha-cha-cha of it but it's so deep and meaningful that, yeah. and I, I I I can I could I can talk a lot about this I'm I don't I don't think I should I think does this, this song make you feel something a lot yeah a load, loads I mean 
it's about the land and about us churning it up and us about being people that are just going to work and yeah. buying crap and buying junk and just leaving it and just amounting. There's a John Butler Trio song yeah. about facts and he mentions it about you buy stuff and then you have to buy more stuff yeah. to carry that stuff and then you have to buy more stuff to plug that stuff in and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. crap 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 and this is what this reminds me of but yeah. at a, a, a more basic level like i said i could talk about this song a lot no i, I mean really it's, love it. it's, it's my number one song on the album actually well a couple of things that you mentioned there i mean there's a good uh, netflix uh, documentary there called Minimalism and it probably precurses that by just this sort of sense of acquisition you know you know what do we need you know four of this and six of that and yeah I think if COVID's taught us anything is that you know there are more important things in life than stuff mm. um, so um, but this particular song I think also connects with you and you may not realize but it was actually in the Mystify uh, movie um, and it was basically intermittently played in the movie of Mystify that Richard put together at various sort of, you know, poignant moments. And I think that probably is something you may not remember, but I remember particularly, especially towards the end of the movie, you know, this was one of the Max Q songs that Richard had permission to use. Um, uh, the keyboard, it's a real brooding sort of, um, mm. you know, both, it's a brooding sound, it's a brooding vocal. Some of it reminds me of some of the brooding stuff off Shabu Shabar, maybe not sonically, but just the sense of some of those little orchestral tones and some of the keyboard and just the understated vocal from Michael. He's, you know, he's really singing in a, a lower key. Um, and, you know, what a beautiful way to finish the album, you know? Yeah. You start you off with the, the dance rock up sometimes and then you've got this is the... Yes. The, the yeah, end, you know? it's like a yeah, it is definitely a beginning and an end. Yeah, but I must admit, I just want to keep going. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that that lyric as well, spit on the land. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. It's yeah. just beautiful. I just see it. I just yeah. see this song. It's just amazing. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Ollie, because it's an Ollie wrote that. I reckon. I hear. I heard. Yeah. Well, look, we're going to dive deep on some of the uh, the co-songwrites between sort of Ollie and Michael and the ones that Ollie did himself and things. Um, uh, next on the next part two episode, but uh, yeah, beautiful way to finish the album. In a well below where the junk games so rides. Those who got it built for, those who got better. Well, that was Max Q, uh, the album sort of uh, back to back to front, uh, first side to second side, or if you stream, one to 11. Um, look, I think just, you know, impressions, B, what's, you know, being your impression from sort of, you know, reliving it tonight, anything particular sort of connects with you? I have really, really enjoyed deep diving into this album yeah. so much more than all of them so far because yeah. it's um, like you said, like we mentioned, you know, it was just a liberating album for mm. Michael and um, that he could just be himself and try different things and yeah. just be with some different musicians really. So mm. I, I just adore it. It is, yeah. it is. A, 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 and I know a lot of people out there do, and um, I really do feel that it should come back out or yeah. people really do need to share it 
Well, we're going to, as I said, break it down a little bit, and I keep saying this on our part two, but just a couple of little summaries for me. I mean, Michael's only 29 when he wow. sort of put this out. So um, uh, putting in perspective from an age point of view and just where he was in his career, you know, with uh, Kick doing what he was doing, um, it was a really brave uh, decision to get involved and do something like this. Um, he could have put out a bubblegum pop album and it would have probably sold $7 million in America and around the world. He, he really could have, I guess in, in musical terms, sold out and really just done sort of a... a a pseudo in excess album with sexy film clips and whatever there, but he, he really went out, you know, on a limb in putting something together that I think that uh, he was very proud of. And I think those involved and those who listen and those who appreciate 30 years later are, are, are very proud to listen to. Um, to me, it was lyrically daring. It was vocally courageous. It was sort of genre hopping. Um, there's lots going on, I think within some of the tracks, but not, too bombastic where, you know, you were sort of being pulverised between the ears. There was just some really nice textures and sounds and sonics, you know, through all of the, all of the tracks. Um, and, and credit to Ollie, who um, uh, we will talk more about sort of, uh, as I said, but he his uh, vision and his uh, collaboration here, you know, with Michael can't be underestimated because, um, you know, these were sounds and sonics that he would played around with for a, a period of time. And some of these songs had been written a couple of years before Michael had even got access to some of them. Um, but uh, yeah, to me, it, it's, it's an album that if I had to review it and give it a sort of a, a calculation, I'm, I'm giving it a, a you know, nine and a half out of 10 for what it set out to be, what it became and what it still is. And I'm measuring it on sort of, you know, innovation. I'm measuring it on the landscape at the time and just how it stacks up, you know, 30 years later. Um, and I know that, um, you know, when we do our Spotify playlist, we're doing that within excess stuff, but um, we'll probably put another list together for side projects, stuff like albums such as this side projects, project stuff that, that, that Gary did, Andrew did or whatever. So we can put all those songs together that did well outside the band of in excess. So, um, but yeah, to me, it's, it's a, a tour de force. It still stacks up and it's a forerunner to a lot of bands like massive attack, uh, Porter's Head, uh, you know, the you know, Black black Grape, you know, Summer Moby. Now, B, just anecdotally, uh, give us your top three standout tracks on this album that uh, you still get a kick, pardon the pun, out of listening to. All right. Um, concrete, definitely. Yep. Soul Engine, definitely. Yep. Yep. And that last one, what you said, what's it called? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ut Van what? Uh, Ot Van Rot. Okay. Ot Van Rot. Yeah. Yeah. Look, my, mine are, uh, to be frank with you, mine are Sometimes Way of the World and Ot Van Rot uh, with a very unlucky zero to zero. I just love the experimentation of that coming in fourth. Um, but yeah, look, look, sometimes to me is just an absolute, uh, uh, you know, uh, floor, you know, stomper of a track. Uh, Way mm -hmm. of the World, I know we disagree on, but I still think it stacks up today. And Ot Van Rot, just for yeah, the, the the subject matter, the 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 vocal, the musical innovation, you know, the melody, um, all that stuff there. So, um, but we're always excited to hear what you think about it. So we would really love this week if we could have all of our listeners and people who contribute to have it as a Max Q week. Maybe we can park in excess. It might sound weird for one week but make it a max Q week all around for any of the feedback and engagement and stuff like that and anything that's posted. Let's do it for Michael. He would love to think that we're all talking about this album in uh, a mass uh, amount uh, through this next sort of seven days. What do you think, B? Yes, do it for Michael. Do it yeah. for Michael. Absolutely. Absolutely.
Uh, we come to that time again at the end of the week. Uh, it feels a bit weird, actually, not talking te- technically about NXS on an NXS podcast, but I guess it, it's a sort of a cousin or companion piece to uh, to the band in some respects, yeah? Yeah, and, 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 you know, it made him fresh, and then he came back and did another album. So, you know, it's part of, of a journey anyway, yeah. isn't it? And I think vocally, when, when uh, uh, Michael came back to the X album without sort of precursoring it, with the best of his career, um, you know, whether the voice was still dropping or whatever, you know, when he came back and sung, sung Faith, you know, each other and Disappear and some of the higher register stuff, I, I think this album, and think even Andrew said, you know, this album sort of helped Michael's vocals and he came mm-hmm. back sort of even more courageous to try things within excess after doing this. So, um, yeah, uh, hope the listeners this week embrace uh, Max Q. Uh, now, there is a bit of a competition for Max QB. Can I throw to you? You've got some little goodie to hand away. Uh, can you explain that? It's not a competition. No? No. What but, is it? What is it? Okay, so um, it's a gift. Oh, okay. Ah, I'm going to give a gift for Christmas because yeah. it's December, isn't it? Yeah. And I would like to give the gift of the MP3 of the whole album to yep. all the patrons that we have. Right, okay. So I know that they've probably got it on vinyl. I know, Pedro, you've probably got 10,000 of them. And cassettes. But I just thought I would like to give it as a little gift. Yes. Okay. So, so always, And that's yeah. for patrons who might want to become a patron. You can come in and be a patron for a couple of months or weeks yeah. or whatever, and I will send you the MP3. Well, our patrons make sort of the world go around. So uh, we... Uh, love what they do and love what they contribute in all factors and manners. So uh, well done to you guys getting a copy of this, uh, albeit in streaming format, sent out to you. Uh, so that'll be really cool. Um, and we need to mention the competition, though. Nick's, right. Nick's um, alternate kit cover is go. Yep. Yes. Wow. So thank you so much. We've had a tremendous amount of emails and text messages. Yeah. Everyone's sharing. It's just amazing. And we just hit, well, we're, we're, we're flying. We're over 12,000 downloads now. So kudos and thank you to everybody that is helping us um, to achieve these goals. It's fantastic. Thank you. And um, so it was the, the person who brings in the most listeners and the person who brings in the most patrons. Fantastic. You're doing an amazing job. But well, it's built, it's built oh, up, isn't hang it? on, I haven't finished again. <laughs> I am a bit feisty. I have yes, a lot to say tonight. Um, <laughs> Also, the competition, I've put that as a post and I've done a little sub one as well. So if you can, if you can share the post, I can see who's sharing the post. Yeah. You're going to get an extra goodie. Right. Okay. Well, uh, I guess, excitingly, uh, that sort of brings us to the end of our podcast. But effectively, we're in a bit of a funny position, aren't we, B, where we've actually played the album. Uh, so I don't really need to play another song again uh, for the listeners because uh, they've already just heard it. Uh, but what we thought we would do is uh, there are actually examples where there are some extra Max Q tracks 
that went on the official album. So one of these particular songs is a song called Love Man. That was a Max Q song that was a B-side to Sometimes. And I think you, even if you go on to uh, YouTube, you might be able to find that as well. So we thought just as a tribute song to Michael tonight, we'll play a B-side off Max Q, something that even the deepest divers of listeners may not have heard. Uh, so we're going to go out with that particular track today. Uh, and again, we're going to thank Michael and Ollie for such a, a contribution and something that has, um, look, unfortunately outlived Michael, but uh, Michael would be pleased as punch that we're uh, some 31 years later recognising and, and uh, giving it an airing. So uh, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Bye, everyone.